0: Welcome into Oklahoma Breakdown, Your Oklahoma football, basketball, gymnastics, softball, baseball, anything else under the Oklahoma
1: Sun. I can't promise any gymnastics analysis. I'm sorry. Yeah, you're, not you're not selling us too bad. hard there. Yeah, maybe, maybe I am, but uh, I mean, that's we're just, okay. I'm not turning a blind eye to it either. There you I go. Mean, yeah. They are.
0: Uh, that's, they
1: deserve praise. Absolutely, so. they
0: do. Uh, yeah, gymnastics. You—that's what I always call the U- University of Oklahoma. Absolutely. I'm yeah. Surprised Jim it U. hasn't caught on by now. I'm at Ravis. Jack Shields here as well. Uh, we are here to um, to talk OU Texas for a second time this season. Actually, I think the first time OU Texas came around, we didn't didn't have a podcast. Subject, I think we so. were both sick. So this is a this is the first which time. was probably
1: a bad omen. And I'm feeling right as rain right yeah. now. So
0: yeah, I'm feeling fine too. So uh, maybe that dictates uh, you know that uh, that OU would do it a little bit better. Maybe it has nothing to do with anything. Who knows? We'll see how that. goes. I'd like
1: to think it does.
0: Yeah, it. I, yeah, I mean, I'm, I can be a little bit superstitious. So. Um regardless, first time in over a century that this game has been played twice in a single season. Um, first time at Jerry World. That's going to be interesting. A little disappointed there's no 50-50 split, huh?
1: A little, yeah. Only because it's not going to favor Oklahoma in, in all likelihood. I mean, I I, I believe it was the uh, their biggest day of general ticket sales was the day of the first game. And with Texas fans, you know trying to grab up tickets after they beat Oklahoma so and also you know the DFW Metroplex I mean there are a ton of OU fans in Dallas and a ton of alumni but UT has the advantage in that well, regard so, they so I mean, have, I mean like one of the
0: highest enrollments too oh it's, all it's an
1: that. enormous school yeah I mean they have a so ton of alumni a ton alumni of fans base. so I mean you know it, it's in all likelihood OU will be outnumbered but I don't think it'll be a huge advantage for Texas because I mean Oklahoma fans are excited for this game too and there are plenty of uh OU fans in that area and I well, mean yeah, it's, it's also not too far away from Norman you know only th- about less than three hours from Norman so it's, it's not
0: as if these guys are playing for the Russell Athletic Bowl I mean exactly there's, yeah there's high stakes there's a college football playoff reckon Hager's
1: hair is at stake
0: yeah and uh man that's who knows how that guy will look with short hair so we need to keep that guy's hair on for as long as possible
1: yeah absolutely um, it's kind of like James Harden losing his beard you don't know what you don't want to know what's behind that beard yeah there's a
0: reason Yeah, there is there is a reason for it, you know. So you know, Texas obviously doesn't want to lose to Oklahoma. Um, Oklahoma college football playoff berth on the line. Uh, First of all, let's just get this little bit of housekeeping out of the way. Ohio State wins against Northwestern. I think we can pretty reasonably assume that that's going to happen. Oklahoma beats Texas. That's not going to be a. uh, It's not guaranteed. That's not guaranteed at all. But let's just assume for the sake of uh, argument and maybe our own uh, satisfaction that OU does win. Who gets in? Who gets the fourth spot in the college football playoff? Assuming Alabama wins as well, which I'm pretty sure they're going to beat anybody by several touchdowns.
1: Well, first off, I will say that uh, I think Northwestern's going to put up a fight in that game. I mean, sure. I, I think uh, there's a little bit of fool's gold in that Michigan win. I mean, Michigan hadn't faced any good passing offenses leading up to that game, and then finally they see one and just wilt. So Yeah, they look bad. They, they look horrible. So um and Northwestern has played pretty much everyone tough this year. So, you know, we'll see about that. So, uh, you know, I, I do think it would be Oklahoma over Ohio State just because they would be beating the only team that they had lost to this season. I mean, I think logically you would put Oklahoma in over Ohio State in that scenario. So, provided Alabama takes care of business against Georgia, which they will. So, and I mean, look,
0: it, you just kind of have to take a look at the overall body of work. I know OU's defense is terrible. That offense is transcendent. I don't understand though, so.
1: where this you-have-to-be-a-complete-team narrative came from for, like, playoff uh, qualifications and stuff like that. I mean, I mean who gives a shit as long as you're winning? I mean, I give a shit because I hate watching bad defense, but at the same time, it's going to provide – I think we talked about this in a previous podcast, but when you put a an SEC team, like a ground-and-pound team, uh, up against a team like Oklahoma that doesn't play great defense but has an incredible offense, I mean – you get the Rose Bowl last year. I mean you get an incredible game. You get a great product for television. I mean I mean, why wouldn't you want that?
0: Yeah. Well I, I Jack, I think there are a lot of people out there who think that there is a and I'm I'm not trying to uh dunk on anybody don't get me wrong but Go, feel free those people I, suck there so. are there are conspiracy theorists out there who think that there's a um like the espn is wanting to withhold oklahoma from the college football. oh no no no, no never mind sort of never thing. mind yeah I,
1: I was i thought you were going, <laughs> going in a different direction with that yeah, but uh, no, th- th- i don't i don't think i that's don't the case. think that's the case but i mean i i i mean it, it's a you know it's fodder for hot takes so you know yeah, it's, absolutely it's, it's stuff that we uh, waste
0: time talking about on on, on Twitter and that sort of thing. But I'm with you. I think Oklahoma gets in just by virtue of their worst losses to Texas, who turns out being pretty good. That Purdue loss for Ohio State. Horrible. Doesn't look good at all. Doesn't look good at all. There's no way that you can dress that up.
1: I mean, the people are saying, "Oh, it's just one game." That doesn't mean it magically didn't happen. So, I mean, it it it, it that has to stick with you. I like mean, if you had lost
0: to Texas Tech, that, that I mean, that would have been, would have the been same, bad. The same yeah, kind yeah, of if argument. If they had right blown
1: there. a lead against Jet Duffy, that would have been that would have rightfully, you know, if that had been their only loss, but that they would didn't. Have they really, took care of Exactly. It, and yeah. for what
0: it's worth, the defense has been terrible somehow, somehow, including last week against West Virginia, which is just a, a, a bonkers game. Um, Make plays when they need to.
1: I find myself just going insane watching the games whenever they do finally make plays because I've just I'm so uh, resigned to the fact that they're probably not going to make play on the play that I'm watching. So when I see Caleb Kelly get in the backfield and strip Will Greer and pick it up for a touchdown, I mean all all of us go nuts for something like that because we're not really expecting it. And there's inside we're you know feeling kind of proud for Caleb uh, Kelly as well. Defense
0: but. might be terrible, but they're uh, scoop and score. Elite. No, we're quite proficient. At one of the best, store. I would say, one of the best fifty in the whole country.
1: I would say so. Store. Top top <laughs> half in the S and P plus for picking up fumbles and taking them back. I, we need to get to Bill Connolly on creating that metric. So. Yeah,
0: I can't believe that people aren't just like beating down his door to uh, to, to find that out. We're gonna have to beat down his door for. That, I guess so. so. Um, so Watch I th- out, Bill. I guess this is where I eat crow. I predicted West Virginia would win, um, and even really until the final minutes of that game, I really thought that they could pull it off, but. You have to give it to Oklahoma for uh, you know that that clutch. Uh, what was it? Fourth and was it fourth and one? Fourth and five. Fourth and five. And, fourth yeah, and five? yeah it, it it feels like fourth and one with this offense. But um, it somehow somehow, like I said, defensively they they've made plays and obviously off offensively. Any time they need, need to play make a play, uh, it happens. So uh, what I mean, what what was your takeaway from last week against West Virginia?
1: I mean, I don't feel like we took anything new from it necessarily because we knew the offensive line was already fantastic and it played an incredible game against west virginia the how about this
0: let me ask a more pointed question so yeah. they gave up a lot of points that's to be expected right yeah. and especially against west virginia lincoln riley actually said that that was one of the better games the cornerback oh had played. I, I i completely agree, agree. With that?
1: i completely agree with that parnell motley looked very very good i thought i mean he i mean obviously he wasn't perfect but i mean he he went out there and made a lot of plays he wasn't you know shrugging his shoulders or anything like that i mean he wasn't he wasn't, you know, sulking when things were down. I mean, he was trying to make plays the entire night, and he really did make a lot of plays. And you know, Trey Brown had his moments. Norwood looked okay at times. I mean, it's it, it's the young safeties who were the uh, who are going to be the scapegoat for this. But you know, it, it's you know, DTY hasn't been able to play much this year because he's been hurt, and he's a true freshman. Yeah. Delarian and, you know, Turner,
0: yell, um, man, he had. A, I thought he had a pretty rough game.
1: He, he did, but I mean, it, it's really not too surprising. I mean, he's yeah. going against some great receivers and really just, like I said, doesn't have much experience. I think he's going to be a hell of a player, but, you know, it's and I, I feel the same way about Robert Barnes. I mean, whoever comes in at D.C. is going to see those two guys, and uh, they'll look at tape, and they'll see something that they can improve with these two. And, you know, I, I think from a physical standpoint, though, I mean, they're guys who are going to be able to play at this level and at a high level. So, I mean, Barnes was a five-star product by some services
0: and then uh one final thing here um update on ou basketball we got cooking there
1: oh i mean they look i mean i didn't expect them to just lay down and die this year but i mean they're legitimately looking pretty good they're not always that clean on offense but this is probably the best defensive team kruger has fielded at oklahoma which is a really positive sign. I mean, I think part of that's the product of having so many veterans. And I mean, this is, you know, this, this isn't just like an overachieving basketball team. If it in, does in fact, uh, go to the NCAA tournament. Cause I mean, there's a ton of athleticism on this team as well. I mean, it, this isn't like a, this isn't a group of scrubs. There's a ton of size, ton of athleticism, ton of length. I mean, and a ton of experience. So, I mean, I, the big 12's tough, but I, this is gonna be a big stretch coming up. They're playing Notre Dame at Madison Square Garden, then Wichita State at uh the peak, which Wichita State's kinda of down this year, so Oklahoma could definitely come out with a win there, and then uh USC at the B O K Center in Tulsa, then Creighton and Norman, then at Northwestern. So, I mean that that's quite a stretch right there. And then going into Big Twelve play, you get to play Kansas. I mean those are all feasibly the first Big Twelve games. Those so, are all I mean, feasibly tournament teams, so I mean, potentially, yeah. I mean it's and then you get into the meat of the Big 12 schedule. So, I mean, there's really going to be no rest for this basketball team from here on out. I mean, they played North Texas this week, who was undefeated but hadn't played anyone. So, it wasn't really much of a test for this team, honestly. But, you know, I I, I think they can make the tournament this year. I mean, maybe I'm overreacting a little bit, but I think they uh, – they have the pieces to get it done, and they have the depth to get it done. My, I think
0: my big worry would be during conference play because, like in football, the Big Twelve uh, has a tendency to uh, cannibalize itself. Yeah, eat, absolutely, eat its tail, yeah. So but speak, I mean, so. I, I
1: like I said with this, uh, the veteran leadership on this team. I think they're going to be much better equipped to deal with that kind of thing than last year's team. With uh, you know, I mean, I love Trey Young, but I mean, they Big Twelve coaches were honing in on him and. Guys like Javon Carter were eating his lunch. I mean, it's not sustainable. Yeah, it it wasn't going to work out. I mean, it's. uh, I think this team is a bit better equipped to deal with the grind of that. I would say.
0: Well, there you go. There's your uh, there's your OU basketball update for the week. Uh, Again, stay tuned. At SB Nation has football as well as basketball covered. So, or I said at SB Nation at CC Machine. I guess you can follow at SB Nation on Twitter. Yeah, follow if you them want to too. Change. They're good. Follow, follow everybody. Follow um, our parent um, company. And, and, yeah. And speaking of people to follow, talk to Westcott Edwards of Bird Nation about the upcoming Oklahoma-Texas game, Part Two, 2018. That's coming up next. on And now we want to welcome in Westcott Everts. Westcott is the team site producer at Burnt Orange Nation, burntOrangenation.com. If you want to get your fill of Texas football, Texas basketball, etc., cetera, etc., cetera. they do a better job of covering Texas than just about anybody you'll find out there. So definitely recommend following them. Um, and following Westcott on Twitter at SBN underscore Westcott. And now without further ado, I'm gonna turn it over to Jack
1: for the first question about Texas football. Since the last time we met up, Texas, they've lost a pair of games since then, but they look pretty good against uh, Iowa State, and the defense looked pretty good against Kansas until the fourth quarter. But uh, for better or worse, what has changed for Texas since these two teams uh, last met?
2: I think the big thing that they've been dealing with have been some um, injuries and suspensions on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, of course, Chris Boyd, Devontae Davis were suspended for the first quarter against Oklahoma State. Uh, that caused some major problems for Texas as Tylen Wallace was able to kind of run wild and uh, Boyd wasn't really able to slow him down once he came back into the game. And, you know, just being banged up in, in the secondary has been a big issue since then. Brandon Jones, the uh, junior safety, who had that interception against Oklahoma in the last game. He's missed uh, three games with an ankle injury and then went out with a head injury. Against Kansas, so he played less than a half. Uh, PJ Locke has been kind of banged up, the starting nickelback uh, with the toe. Devontae Davis has been banged up as well. I think he re aggravated uh, a head and neck sprain and then had a bone bruise in his knees. So by the end of that Texas Tech game a few weeks ago, you know, Texas was really the walking wounded. They had uh, Devin Duvernay's twin brother Donovan playing in at nickel a position that I'm not sure he's really even practiced very much and certainly not with the first team. And, you know, so that's really led to some issues in past defense. But, you know, really in, in terms of third down defense, Texas has also had some major issues there. Uh, if I recall cr- correctly, Texas uh, got stops on um, five of the eight uh, third downs that they faced against Oklahoma. And that's been trending in the wrong direction. So, you know, Todd Orlando is going to have to figure out a way to get a couple third down stops get a red zone stop, or get a turnover or two against Oklahoma to really have a great chance of winning this game on Saturday.
1: Now, speaking of things that have happened since that matchup, who are two players, one on offense, one on defense, who you think have stepped up the most since that game?
2: Offensively, I think running back Trey Watson is really the guy. Keontae Ingram carried a lot of that load. The freshman against Oklahoma had a 31-yard run in that game, but you know Watson has had a couple of the longest runs of his season in the last couple weeks. Uh, his knee is finally fully healthy. He feels comfortable on it after he suffered that ACL injury last year that uh, helped lead to his departure from Cal and an extra season as a graduate transfer at Texas. He feels more comfortable on that knee. He feels comfortable in the scheme. And, you know, it's certainly possible that, that Watson could end up carrying the bulk of the load on, on Texas. But, you know, the Longhorns certainly have two options now who are playing at, at a high level currently there. Um, On defense, I would say the guy that uh, has really stepped up and and will probably need to play a role for Texas is um, Malcolm Roach. He was injured during that game in October after uh, he suffered a fractured foot against USC. He's moved from – he's played uh, some of the two inside linebacker positions. He's played B-backer, which is a hybrid position in the the Texas defense. Uh, But right now he's playing defensive end, and he's playing at a high level. And, you know, Texas – needs to win some of those battles up front uh, and be able to fit correctly with the linebackers behind Roach if they want to slow down an Oklahoma rushing attack that's really been on fire the last few weeks.
1: Now, switching to the quarterback position, uh, Sam Ellinger's shoulder, its you know been causing him a few issues ever since it was originally uh, aggravated. But how do you see that impacting this weekend's game?
2: I think it could definitely have an impact. Uh, it probably won't be fully healthy as it was the last time that – Texas and Oklahoma played, you know, Colin Johnson told us on Tuesday that Ellinger hasn't been complaining about it. And, and Ellinger told us as well that it's it's feeling as good as it has since he suffered, originally suffered that injury against Baylor the week after the Oklahoma, uh, Oklahoma game. Uh, but definitely, you know, it's it seemed to cause him some issues against Kansas. Largely, he's played really well uh, when they came back, but there's certainly a, a risk of re-aggravating that shoulder during the game if an Oklahoma defender can get a good shot on it. And, you know, Ellinger's running ability is a big part of the offense. It was a big part of the offense in that game against Oklahoma. He scored three rushing touchdowns and I believe had over 80 yards rushing total uh, once he take out the sack. So, you know, that's something that Texas really relies on in the red zone and short yardage and also to pick up some off-schedule plays on scrambles.
1: Now, switching to more, I guess, lighthearted topics uh, and also going back to this being new territory for all of us, fair food is a non-factor in the rivalry game for the first time in you know, over a century so, or, or seemingly over a century, almost a century, but the glorious tradition of tailgating now enters the fold. What's your favorite tailgate food and what's your drink of choice at a tailgate?
2: My favorite tailgate food, I would say probably brisket. If anybody's cooking up brisket at a tailgate, definitely always go for that. Uh, my drink of choice, um, usually go with Lone Star on game nice. days, but I'll be credentialed at the uh, at AT&T Stadium on Saturday, so there will be no, no pregame or, or during-game beers for me this weekend. Postgame, though. Postgame, Hopefully Hopefully yes, they're so.
1: sad beers, though, so I mean <laughs> –
2: <laughs> I suppose y'all would feel that way, and that's understandable.
1: <laughs> well, uh, speaking of this game, what's your prediction for a crowd ratio? I mean, I'm thinking 3-2 to two in favor of Texas, so essentially 60% in favor of Texas. So, But, I mean, I really have no clue what we're going to see. What are you thinking?
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm not really sure either what to anticipate there. You know, certainly there are a lot of Texas alums, um, in the area, a lot of Texas alums who are excited by having a chance to attend their first Big T- Big 12 championship game since 2009. Um, but there are also a lot of uh, Oklahoma alums in the in the metroplex as well, and I imagine a lot of people will be willing to come down, make that drive down I-35 to uh, from Norman, you know, to uh, to Arlington. Uh, so that that'll be interesting to see, and you know, I expect that it'll be a loud crowd uh, in favor of both teams. So. You know, I think any advantage there would probably be fairly negligible for Texas. Uh,
0: you know, Scott, what do you what do you think about this? Uh, the whole playing this thing in Jerry World. Obviously, a lot of people love the the uh, old Cotton Bowl for a, a variety of reasons, but um, it is getting pretty old. What what do you think about moving this thing to Jerry World someday?
2: Uh, not a fan of it at all. More really, live. you know, a lot of the tradition of the game is is tied up in the Cotton <laughs> Bowl and the Fairfield and. Texas fans having to run through screaming Oklahoma fans when they're coming out of the tunnel, and you know, actually, I, I think it would be nice if, if they would switch sides of the field every year so that Texas fans wouldn't or Texas players wouldn't have to put up with that abuse. But you know, certainly that's a long-standing tradition in, in the rivalry, and um, you know, Jerry World is a nice place, but um, you know, it's not the cotton ball. The cotton ball, it certainly suits the needs of the rivalry in that game and and carries with it enough tradition that uh, I don't think it makes sense to move it. You know, I think
1: we're finding the perfect balance too, because this is not going to be the last time that these two schools play at Jerry world in this game. I'm thinking, I mean, I guess the grant of rights goes up in what is it? 2024, 2025. And we'll at least be playing that game there until then I'm thinking. So, I mean, we'll, you know, we'll be able to keep our annual game at the cotton bowl and all that stuff. So, and then have the, uh, Ritzy Stadium maybe once every other year or something like that. But uh, if you were forced to say one nice thing about OU or the state of Oklahoma, what would you say?
2: Well, I haven't spent much time in Oklahoma, so I don't know that I can say much about the the state. But, um, you know, I would say that I have a lot of respect for uh, Lincoln Riley as a play caller. I think he's one of the best offensive minds in the country. Uh, Certainly, You know, his his record, his track record uh, isn't particularly substantial um at Oklahoma right now with only two quarterbacks. That's kind of a small sample size. But he's done a great job developing Baker Mayfield, um, and especially Kyler Murray has come a long way since his time at at A and M. And you know, one thing that, that I think Riley does so well is that he's able to package plays together and run passing plays that look a lot like his running plays. And that just makes him extremely difficult to defend. And, you know, he's the guy who's able to take advantage of of all the athletes that Oklahoma um, has on offense and put together a scheme that, you know, his offensive line coach has been able to to implement and execute with, uh, you know, that group up front. And that's one of the best offensive lines in the country.
1: Now, what would a win in this game mean for UT's program moving forward?
2: Well, I think the big thing is that it would mean that Brecken Hager doesn't have long hair anymore.
1: <laughs> we were about to ask you about that, but
2: yeah, yeah. Just, does he just
0: keep it? What does he do if if Texas loses this
2: thing? Uh, I'm not sure about that. He might he might just have to keep it in, until Texas wins. I, I think that was kind of his original his original vow. But uh, you know, a lot a lot on the line there. Uh, Patrick he joked on Tuesday that um, he might try he might try to get some of it if Texas wins and sell it. <laughs> Um, But I I think really, you know, for this Texas program, um, you know, I don't know if I want to lead off by saying that Texas is back if they win this game, but definitely it would put Texas once again in the conversation of one of the top national programs, kind of cement the turnaround that that Tom Herman has been executing uh, very well. And, uh, you know, I don't know how much it would necessarily put Texas on track to be able to come back next season because they're losing a lot of players. Uh, but I think it would definitely be, you know, a strong indication that, that the program isn't just headed in the right direction, but that it, it's to a point where it can beat a team like Oklahoma twice in the same year. And, you know, that's not an easy task with the offense that Oklahoma has.
1: Now, if Oklahoma wins and Ohio State wins this weekend, who do you think should have the fourth spot in the college football playoff, assuming Alabama wins, which they're going to do?
2: Uh, I think Oklahoma should get in ahead of Ohio State. Um, I think, you know, their loss to Texas is not a bad loss by any means, especially coming in a rivalry game on a neutral field. I think Ohio State's loss to Purdue by, what was it, 29 points, something like that, 19 points, uh, was just a really, really horrendous loss that was uh, unacceptable. And, you know, I think Ohio State, you know, barely got by, you know, that Maryland team that, that beat Texas and, you know, I just don't – I don't think that they're as good as the Sooners, even for all the defensive struggles that Oklahoma has had on that side of well, the ball. Well, that's what I was about
0: to ask you. You don't think the defense is just that bad that they should be excluded?
2: No, I don't think so.
1: Okay. Now we're going to a topic that I think you're going to like and maybe that you're a little tired of talking about at this point. But how do you think Mac Brown's going to fare at UNC?
2: Um – I think a lot of it will depend on his assistant coach hires. That was something that he always really relied upon, you know, when he was at Texas. Um, and it will also depend, I, I think, on having a lot of uh, teams that have strong player leadership, with, which was also something that heavily impacted his success. You know, I think the problems with Mac Brown are that um, he's not a particularly good offensive mind. Um, he was really at his worst when he was meddling with the offense at Texas, so his offensive coordinator hire is going to be really important. And I think it's also going to be important for him to take a look around college football and see what other programs are doing, which is something that he didn't do at the end of his Texas tenure. For instance, he didn't have a uh, football-specific strength and conditioning coach until 2013. He didn't have a a nutritionist until 2013. Uh, Texas didn't have any support staff to speak of until 2013 when they hired a director of player personnel so all of those things that, you know, Ohio State has and Clemson has and Alabama has and, you know, Texas has now, I'm sure that Oklahoma is keeping up in those areas as well. Um, those are areas where, you know, Mack Brown needs to do a better job of keeping up with the rest of college football. And, you know, I, I think that there's a possibility that that he could have a, a short-term positive impact on North Carolina. Um, but I don't know. I, I'm just not a, a huge fan of that higher uh, – largely because of where Mac Brown was as a coach uh, when he was forced to resign in 2013.
1: Westcott, who is your favorite UT alum outside of athletics?
2: Favorite UT alum outside of athletics? Um, I mean, you probably have to go with McConaughey. That's solid. You know, the the funny thing about McConaughey is that, you know, when I first came down to, to Texas in 2002, you know, he was kind of a joke. He was getting arrested for smoking weed and playing his bongos naked (laughs) and like a serious actor. And, you know, then all of a sudden, just kind of out of nowhere, he suddenly became a serious actor. who's, you know, played some, some really phenomenal roles over the years. And, you know, we can almost take the guy seriously now. True
0: Detective was the best season one. That was amazing.
2: True Detective was great. Um, what was the one where he played the agent?
1: I'm trying to think. I don't know. I, I, I did like I you did mention something about how in two thousand two people weren't taking him seriously, but he was great in A Time to Kill, which was before that, I believe. That would have been late nineties, I would say. That was one of my favorite roles with him. But uh I'm trying to think yeah. what else I like him in. Yeah, true detective, I mean you don't really have to look too much further than that. I think that's his masterpiece, honestly. But uh now switching over to the thing that everyone's talking about right now. Why do you think Big 12 leadership feels the need to micromanage sportsmanship?
2: <laughs> because they're incompetent. There you go. <laughs>
1: they're out of touch. I mean, it's it's incredible. I mean, they need some younger people giving them advice at this point i mean it's pretty incredible
0: seriously though what what, what's your take on the the whole the horns down thing you know i think they
1: think that they're making a good pr move by doing this stuff but it's the exact opposite effect in every single way it's insane
2: yeah i mean you know coming from my background as a texas fan it was certainly something that i never cared for particularly but i don't think it's something that in the normal, you know, run of play on the field should be penalized. And I think if and I think it's something that the Big Twelve shouldn't allow to be flagged at the officials discretion if they can't even effectively communicate how they're going to officiate it before games. And so they either need to just let it go or put something into the bylaws that specifically codifies it so that we don't have to go through all this garbage of where you know, Dana Holgerson is trying to communicate with the officials before the game and there's some type of miscommunication, you know, that resulted in it getting flagged during the game, even though West Virginia had asked about it and tried to mitigate that potential issue. Right. And right. stuff like, you know, Lincoln Riley having to reach out to the league office to get clarifications about it. It's just stupid and and, unne- and unnecessary. And they need to figure something out and show some actual effective leadership because I mean there's just so many ways that that this conference is a joke and the incompetence of the officials is, is one of them and the fact that the league office would leave it up to their poor discretion to make decisions that could potentially swing a championship game is just stupid
1: yeah absolutely now back to the game itself how do you see this one shaking out and what does ut have to do to win
2: You know, I I really see it unless somehow, you know, the Oklahoma defense manages to consistently stop Texas, you know, perhaps if if Ellinger gets banged up again or or just doesn't have his accuracy like he didn't, you know, for long stretches of that game last week against Kansas. um, You know, in that scenario, I think Oklahoma would have a chance to have, you know, a fairly easy win against Texas. Uh, But with the way that, you know, games have gone for this Texas program this year, I think Eight of them have been—eight or maybe nine of them have been decided by a touchdown or less. So virtually every game you can come into it and expect that Texas is going to play a close game. Uh, So really, you know, the things that that I've been saying, you know, when I've been appearing on on the radio and I'm on podcasts in the last few weeks is that the three biggest things for Texas are time of possession on offense. That was something that they won against Oklahoma by, I think, eight minutes or more. So they had a significant advantage there. They kept the Oklahoma defense off the field. Um, you know, to do that, Texas is going to have to sustain uh, some long drives. They're not really a very explosive offense. Uh, so they have to rely on on being able to, to chew up yardage, and that means avoiding negative plays in the running game, avoiding sacks in the passing game, and avoiding bad penalties, especially holding penalties. Uh, so if Texas can do that offensively, they'll have a good shot. You know, when we talked to Todd Orlando you know, on Mondays here in Austin, the, the defensive coordinator. One thing, that the two things that he's really been stressing the last few weeks are, you know, the Big 12 conference is a conference of, of stops. So like I mentioned earlier, getting off the field on third down and creating a turnover too, uh, because it's going to be really hard for this Texas team to be able to beat Oklahoma if they have a negative turnover margin. So I guess I would, I would maybe add that on too on the offensive side. You know, Texas didn't have any turnovers against Oklahoma Sam Ellinger you know went over 300 consecutive passes without an interception before he kind of melted down and and threw two uh just kind of inexplicably bad throws last weekend against Kansas uh so he'll have to protect the football in the same way that he did in the first game
1: all right Wes Scott are you ready for the rapid fire sure all right what's who makes the best taco in Austin
2: (sighs) the best taco in Austin oh man that's tough. Um, breakfast taco, I would go with taco deli. Um, the best taco, I usually end up going to Torchies, and I enjoy their queso. So Torchy's is the bomb, just, so
1: yeah, I, I'm with you on that one.
2: I'll, I'll go with Torchy's, but that's, that's kind of a weak answer, and I apologize. Oh, it's all that. good.
1: <laughs> but uh, now let's switch our focus to Dallas. You and I have talked about Dallas and Q&As in the past. You don't like it. I don't like it. But you've been up there plenty of times for this game, I'm sure. So, what's your favorite bar in Dallas or in the DFW Metroplex?
2: Man, it's it's been a long time since I was up for a Texas Oklahoma game. I um, definitely had some experiences at Across the Street Bar back in the day. I don't know if they still have that. They used to let people in who are who are underage <laughs> and just you know put a put an X on their hand, and then everybody would go and. They buy a bunch of. I think they were selling like dollar pitchers of, of Rolling Rock, which that had that had ridiculous. to have
1: been a long time ago then. If they were selling, I mean, of
2: rock. course, I didn't engage in any underage <laughs> <great laughs> drinking. Of course tricky. not. Of course there not. He did. Well, so that's that's really the only the only bar that I have any experience in the Metroplex with. But you know, if I if I'm up in the Metroplex and I have a chance, I'll I'll hit up uh, Pluckers just like I do when I'm when I'm here in Austin. So i would probably go with that one as my favorite. There you
1: go. Uh what's your final score prediction for this game?
2: Final score prediction. Um I think this game is going to be played in the 40s again. Um I'll go I'll go 45-42 Oklahoma.
1: Okay. Okay. I I I went with the original score of the last game 40 I guess what was it? 48-45 but with Oklahoma winning. That's it's we're both on the same uh, track right there. I just
0: realized that I have been too scared to even make a score prediction
1: up to What's this point. What's your score right now? Make a I score have no pitch.
0: idea. Um, I'm going to say, I, I don't know, man. I, just to, uh, to uh, head you guys out, I'll it's say 49 42 uh, yeah, Texas. There you go. That.
1: Oh, okay. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, okay. Who would win in a fight, Mac Brown or Rick Barnes?
2: I'm gonna go Rick Barnes. The one thing I, the one thing I say would say about Mac Brown though is that, you know, if you start, if you start activating his stubbornness, like if maybe <laughs> if you if, you know, if Rick Barnes threw like a good insult at him, uh, I think Rick Bar- I think Mac Brown could get kind of nasty, but uh, I think Rick Barnes would win that one.
1: Okay, Matt, do you have a rapid fire question? Um,
0: man, you to catch me with this. Um, I'm sorry. No, no, I'm good. <laughs> I, I don't have anything.
1: Okay. I'm going to think of one more. Okay. Um, where does Texas finish in the big 12 basketball standings this year?
2: I'll say third.
1: Okay. That win over North Carolina looked good at the time. It's not looking quite as good right now, but UT did look very good in that game. I will say that. I think I watched that from tip to finish. So they look pretty good, but, uh, I think the conversation around Shaka Smart's kind of changing at this point. I do
0: have one more quick one for there you, go. Scott. Uh, Recruiting-wise, recruiting, recruiting oh. wise, Longhorns football, uh, how, how's it been going on the recruiting trail?
2: They've been doing really well. They, they passed uh, Oklahoma recently. Uh, they they landed a commitment from a uh, former Sooners pledge, I'm sure you're familiar with, uh, Jacoby Jones. That was uh, last week. Picked up another defensive end commit, Myron Warren, former TCU pledge last week. So I think they're up to number Uh, Five today in the composite. Just need a few final pieces to the class looking for another running back. Noah Kane, Trey Sanders still on the board trying to close with Brew McCoy. That may have taken a little bit of a hit today with uh, the Cliff Kingsbury higher out there at USC, which I I think could probably help swing McCoy uh, back to his longtime favorite of USC. Uh, But excellent class for Texas that should have a strong shot at finishing um, in the top five if not even a little bit higher, if they close out with some of the big targets left on the board here.
1: All right. Now what's your favorite OU Texas memory of all time in person? Uh,
2: The 2005 game, definitely. That was uh, very cathartic for a Texas fan who had, uh, you know, my fourth year as a Texas fan, hadn't seen seen Texas win. Uh, I'd been there in 2004, and that was uh, just a brutal game, that 12-0 defeat one of the rare shutouts for Texas. Uh, back at that time, although it certainly became more common, in, you know, in the in recent years for the program. But uh, yeah, that that two thousand five game was was pretty amazing.
1: Yeah, I was at that one. That wasn't very amazing for me. But anyway, Matt, do you have anything else?
0: Uh, no, I think that's gonna do it for us. Westcott, uh really appreciate you coming on with us. Westcott, you can follow him on Twitter at SBN underscore Westcott. Of course he is the team site producer at Burnt Orn Nation. I highly recommend you check out their stuff. Westcott, can't wait for the game this weekend. All right. Thanks
2: for having me on. I mean, and I know this is going to fall on deaf ears, but horns go up. <laughs> we, uh, check out horns up for Pete. You might, uh, you might like what
0: you see there. All right. Appreciate it, man. Have a good one. Big thank you to Wescott Ebert's of burnt orange nation, uh, your Texas SB nation community. Good stuff there. Really yeah, absolutely. Yeah. On. He's
1: a really knowledgeable guy. He's, uh, he's been with SB nation for a long time and he's, uh, He's at all their press conferences and stuff like that. He's a real knowledgeable guy.
0: Uh, anyways, getting into the uh, back into OU Texas. Uh, big plans this weekend. Are you going to be down in Dallas?
1: Yeah, yeah. I'm leaving tomorrow. I'm uh I'm picking up a buddy in Tulsa, and uh, we're leaving from Tulsa probably around two o'clock. i I guess I'm I'm gonna make him buy me some Burnco. I think just for going to get him. But uh, have you had Burnco by the way in Tulsa? No, the bomb. The i i i think it's the best barbecue in Oklahoma. I think it's it's fantastic, and I would put it up with the places in Kansas City. I put it up there with uh, Joe's, Arthur Bryant's, all that place, Gates. I mean, it, it's it is fantastic, and it, it's one of those you know line out the door places. Kind of like kind of like those places, honestly. So you know, it's uh, I'm actually looking forward to that tomorrow. But uh, yeah, gonna get into Dallas tomorrow night and. Plan is to get to the uh tailgate lot at about six thirty AM on Saturday. Good so Lord. I'm uh I'm gonna be getting after it, Matt. So are you gonna be here for it? I will be uh getting after it, and
0: by that I mean pushing buttons in studio and getting after uh the OU Sooner Network broadcast uh, nice. to help put it on air. So yeah, I'll be here in Oklahoma City uh listening to Toby Rowland and the crew.
2: Hey, th- that's and not New a bad hard, alternative. Uh, pre- Those guys are
0: great stuff here at the franchise as well. So yeah, that's uh, that'll be my weekend. But I I'm really looking forward to watching it for sure.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I it's like like I've been saying, I I don't really know what to expect. Like with the scene and all that stuff. I know it's going to be wild, but you know it's and it's obviously going to be different from what we're used to with the Cotton Bowl. But I I mean, it's going to be raucous. It's uh, you know it's going to be different. That's for sure I mean and I, I'm excited I mean I, I really am I haven't been this excited for an OU Texas game since probably at least when Mac Brown was coaching at Texas I mean I, I mean obviously I get pumped up for every OU Texas game every year but I mean it's kind of you know it's usually kind of the same thing. I mean it's you have your your uh, traditions that you do every year you have your uh, kind of your routines all that kind of stuff and but you know this is different. I mean you you're going to do different things on Friday night, you're going to do different things on Saturday morning. You don't have to, you know, deal with uh, walking around the fair and all that stuff. As much as I love the fair, I mean you don't have to deal with uh drinking those $8 Dixie cups of watered down Bud Light. So, get to bring your own beer, get to grill your own food. I mean, it's going to be uh it's going to be a time. I have you ever wait. been inside Jerry World before? A lot, yeah. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, yeah it's, it's uh First time I I, we, I was at that BYU game uh, in 09, yeah, which was uh, that was the first time. That was the first and only. Time I remember game. walking up to the stadium and being like, "Holy shit! I'm about to board a spaceship! Like this is it looked <laughs> like a mothership like my, or something." like I, that. I it sat was, with my uh, my parents. Now it way. just looks like every new NFL stadium. Yeah, right? no, it does. It's, uh, but I at sat in the, the time, nosebleeds it was, that night. Yeah, yeah, I did too. But very, yeah, very that, high up there. That was a great OU crowd at that game, by the way. People don't talk about that enough. Like, it was a terrible o- game. But- horrible game, but, I mean, OU fans, there were some BYU fans there too, but, I mean, OU essentially filled up Jerry World. I mean, that was pretty damn cool. I mean, that was a really good scene, but, unfortunately, the play on the field kind of dampered everything. But, I mean, that was, a, that was a really good showing for OU fan base. But, uh yeah, and I went to, uh, I guess I went to the game in 2010, the Nebraska game, which was the last uh, Big 12 championship before the hiatus. I, uh, My buddy got kicked out of the stadium for slapping the bag of wine <laughs> in the, like, students, like the OU mini-students section. And, like, if you go back and look at a uh, field goals uh, – in one end zone of the stadium, wherever the OU students were, you can probably see us slapping the bag during like field goal and extra point attempts. Who snuck that in? How did they snuck that in? My buddy snuck it in and he snuck it in his jeans. Like he fit it like in his crotch, essentially. That's kind and of impressive. He, yeah. He got through, wasn't padded down or anything like that. And then buddy got kicked, uh, a different friend got kicked out for, uh, you know, having it on his person later on. And, uh, They kick him out and they forget to take his ticket. And so he just walked back in. Like, he was outside for like 10 minutes. Like, stupid staff at this stadium forgot to take his ticket. They were, you know, they were being big timers. I mean, they did take the bag of wine, so that was a loss for us, but whatever. And then. uh, You think they threw that
0: away? Or do you think they drank the rest of that? I bet
1: they threw it away. They're squares. So they probably threw it away. Fair
0: enough. Uh, Well, I. First of all, before we do score predictions, am I allowed to change mine? I gave one earlier on the podcast that I just do not feel confident in at all. Or do I have to? I'll, uh, stick allow, it. Okay. I'll allow it. I said 49-42 to 42, Texas just to be a dissenting voice because I didn't expect uh, Westcott to uh, pick against his own team. Uh, so I'm going to say... Westcott's a realist. Yeah, absolutely. I think he said, what did he say, 44-42? I
1: think 45-42.
0: 45-42, which is Oklahoma, yeah. a very interesting score. Uh, what, what do you think?
1: I went 48-45 Oklahoma, 48, 45. just flipped the score from last time.
0: Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to say 52 to 48 Oklahoma. I'm with you guys. I think it's going to be about in that range. I think Oklahoma's going to be able to to eke it out um, just because I mean, you would hope that Honestly, power, yeah. I mean, power I, right with Sam Ellinger won't Ellen I said Ellinger. Tom Herman would probably throttle me. Ellen Ellinger. Gere, hard G baby. Uh, you know, hit that power right worked every time. Surely surely they can at least figure out some of the quarterback runs. Maybe,
1: right? yeah. And, I mean, you know, I, I would expect Kyler to take a bit better care of the football this time. I mean, he put that loss on himself after the game. Obviously, Without it wasn't those turnovers, his fault. I mean, I, mean, I mean, granted, yeah, but, I mean, it wasn't his fault. I mean, like, it, it was the defense's fault for that loss. I mean, but, uh, but yeah, those two turnovers were enormous. I mean, Oklahoma does probably win that game if not for those two turnovers. But, yeah, uh, I
0: just look at the margin of error for both quarterbacks. I look at Kyler Murray. Like, he can throw two interceptions and put the ball on the ground once, and oh, OU can still be in the game. Can yeah. Sam Ellinger do that? No, I, I'm absolutely not. So not. Sure, if, so.
1: if OU forces turnovers uh, with their defense, which they've not been good at that this year, although they did sort of turn over a new leaf against West Virginia, but, uh, you know, if, if Oklahoma does win the turnover batter, this is OU's game if that happens, so... That's, I mean, I I don't expect UT to turn it over much, though. I mean, Ellinger has been really good at taking care of the ball this year. They really don't turn it over much, so I wouldn't count on that. I think it would. It's more about OU just sort of controlling it on its own end offensively with the turnovers. But uh, yeah, I mean, if uh, if all is even with the turnovers, give me OU. So there you have it, the
0: uh, Rooster Kickoff. Uh, you know what channel it's on? Is that on ABC? I'm it's on ABC. So. Yeah. So there you go, Rooster Kickoff. Uh, on ABC should be a great one thunder update you want to do a thunder update yeah go for it uh well last I say last night as we're recording it uh, Wednesday night the Thunder played the Cavaliers last year they would have lost that game if it were 20. Um, 20- two to 25 other teams they probably would have lost that game but the cavaliers are just that bad the thunder looked super disinterested
1: last night At thunder I have thought. been way better against bad teams this yeah, year. that's got, been the biggest difference and they
0: and i say they look disinterested that was early on they of course turned it on and anytime you beat somebody by 17 points i don't care who it is i mean in the nba that's a good margin of victory so uh i think you know it, it's the, it looked a little bit like last year, except for the fact that they won that game and won it handily. So that almost tells me, you know, if they're giving, if that's their second effort, um, that extra gear that wasn't there last year, or the gear, I guess, that they didn't know how to activate last year, if that's how you want to put it, it's suddenly there, which is encouraging for
1: them. Absolutely. And I'm a really big Burton fan. I, I mean, obviously, I, he's not playing without all the uh, injuries. I mean, he's in. He's in. Uh, he's with the blue. If not for those injuries, is that correct, Matt? Would you say so? Yeah, he's, he's on a that, two-way guy. Yeah, yeah, he's
0: on the two-way contract, so his time. I love watching him his play, time though. with the Thunder is limited. I think he gets like forty-five days with the yeah. Thunder, and then he has to go back. But um, I wouldn't be surprised if his contract gets converted because they can they can do that. They can make it into like a guaranteed contract for um, the rest of the year. Yeah, I mean, uh, they want. and I I wouldn't be shocked if they did that just because he's just a. Um, He's like he's like Amadou Diallo. Good things happen when he's in the game. Yeah, he always absolutely. seems to be in the right spot. He's um, under control. He um, does just, everything
1: pretty well on both ends. Yeah. I mean, and, and I loved that block he had uh, the it other night. That plays was within incredible. himself as well. Yeah. You're never oh, going to yeah.
0: see him jacking up three-pointers exactly, or doing yeah. anything like that. He's always making. He's a uh, good three-point stand, shooter, though. Staying I mean, in his uh, lane. He, he
1: always killed OU with three-pointers when he was at Iowa State. Yeah. I mean, he was. I, I hated when OU had to play. Uh, he can do
0: team, it if but. he needs to. He just, he, I'm, I'm just saying he's not. He's not going to be a volume guy from there. Uh, he's not going to take poor shots. Just, yeah, just because like exactly. Russell uh, will, but. That's that's the uh, Russell Westbrook come to know and love. I'll and take our, the
1: good with the bad there.
0: Yeah, the the good brook with the bad brook. Uh, and one final note here: Hawks versus Thunder uh, Friday night. Trey Young comes back to town. Uh, I mean, that's pretty exciting. Kind of I, wish I think, I'd be
1: in town for that. Yeah, I mean, I I'd, I'd be at that game in a. Trey Young yeah. up till now has
0: fared better than I thought he would. I thought he would have a. I thought he would have success right away. I figured that it would be very inconsistent, very up and down, because first of all, that's how it is for rookies in the NBA. But second of all, that roster around him is um, far from good. But even with their second-best player, John Collins, out for a while, Trey Young has played pretty well, so that's encouraging. I hope that he can keep it up throughout the whole season.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, he's... Would you say he's the favorite for rookie of the year right now? I mean, Luka Doncic. It's is... got to be Luka. It's you think be Luka it's Luka? Right You're a big Luka. I'm a little bit stain, biased,
0: but no, I think I, I, yeah, Luka Doncic, man, just what he's done is like it's, it's unprecedented, and that's not he even looked a knock great last night. With DeAndre, the I'd say Rockets. DeAndre Ayton and Trey Young are probably about on the same level. Which yeah, that's I mean that's great praise to to Trey Young. You're being compared with a number one pick, but Luka Doncic has done crazy things. So. yeah, absolutely, yeah, just a, a great I'm rookie a class. I, you know. I
1: hate that he's in Dallas, though. I mean, I. I don't think I've ever hated an NBA team other than the Warriors as much as I used to hate the Mavericks when they were good. And they're about to be. Good. They're about they to be good like again, probably. I mean, yeah, they're, you know, they're, 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 they're. I don't think they'll make the playoffs this year. Do you think they will?
0: They've, they've got a chance. Like I said, end of their last ten. I don't yeah. know. They'll, they'll need to stay like perfectly healthy. Yeah, I, I don't,
1: I don't think that'll quite happen. But moving forward, they're going to be a threat. So I'm about to go back to hating mavericks and their fans oh no doubt no doubt. that's yeah. a nice little rivalry when the, oh yeah uh, it was a it was a big good. rivalry when you were at ou too because there's so many dallas kids at ou mm-hmm. so if you're like watching at a bar on the corner you're gonna have you know a quarter of the people cheering for the mavericks whenever the two were playing so i mean it, there was you know definitely a lot of jawing at a uh, new york pizza or logan's or wherever the hell we were watching but absolutely
0: so uh unless you got anything else
1: I think I'm good. I mean, I'm Boomer Sooner. Horns down. Horns up for peace.org. Horns also up for peace. Another, yeah. Uh, horns up for peace. Got to remember that. Eddie Radosovich, Credit Eddie Radosovich there.
0: It's double speak. It's a double world we live in, but that's all good. Uh, again, 11 a.m. Rooster kickoff. Really, really excited. Big thanks to Westcott uh, from Burnt Orange Nation. Uh, that's Texas's community. SB Nation community. Uh, he, he talked to us. Great, great insight from him. Really appreciated him coming on. For Jack Shields, I am Matt Ravis. Thank you so much for listening to Oklahoma Breakdown.